this is the beginning of the Holy Week. Um, and this is where it all boils down. Our fate, our future, our lives are hanging on this season. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we have life. Everything in Christianity rests on this one single event. No, the resurrection of Jesus Christ split time into two eras. B.C. before Christ and A.D. at the, the death of Christ. It was such a, an important uh, a game changer. If Jesus hadn't died and rose from the dead, our lives would be ruined. There would be no history. There would be no past. There would be no future. And Jesus said this. He says, hey, I am the son of God. And one thing that you will know that I'm truly on the Son of God is that I'm going to allow myself to be killed. And on the third day, I'll rise from the dead. That's the only sign you need to see and know. That is the distinguishing thing that sets me apart as the Son, son of God. And he said, I'll come back to life on the third day. And of course, he did. You see, no other ruler has promised this one. After Jesus rose from the dead, he walked around Jerusalem for the next 40 days. He was seen by his disciples, was seen by many groups of people, including at one time, a group of 500 people saw him at the same time. And the net result of that is it turned Jerusalem upside down that within 20 years, the church of Jerusalem, that was only about 120 people, when, when Jesus, at the time of Jesus' death, a quarter million members quarter million members why because there were people who saw the risen lord they were neighbors they were friends they were family members says yes i saw him i saw him i know somebody who saw him he was around he ate with us he talked with us after he rose from the dead there were so many eyewitnesses you see when you look at the ministry of jesus and you study uh, him the the, the 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 one big question that we ask is this why did jesus come why did he waste all the effort to come, to live, to teach, to die, and to be resurrected? Why? Now, Jesus summed it up in one sentence. And that's the first one on your outline. Let me go and put it on the screen. It is this. He says, this is the mission. This is the reason I came. Luke 9.13. Read that with me. He says what? The Son of Man came to what? Seek and to save the lost. He says, I, Jesus' favorite name is I'm the Son of Man. He says, I came to do what? To seek and to save the lost. And so Jesus came on a search and rescue mission. He says, the lost. Some people get offended by the lost. When you say, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I'm, I see, as Amazing Grace says. Or we talk about being lost and found. Some people really think that this is a demeaning term. But no. Lostness is a term of endearment. You say, why is that? Because lost implies value. Lost implies value. Say that with me. Lost implies value. You see, if you can say something is lost, then it is of value. You won't say, I have lost a paper clip. Right? But you'll say, I've lost my wallet, I've lost my keys, I've lost my bank card. And sadly, sometimes we lose our loved one. So we, we attach the word lost to something of what? Value. 
lostness means value. And so when Jesus says that I have come to seek and to save the lost, because you are of value to God and says, I've come to seek you who are valuable, who are important to me. And Jesus is saying, he says, that's my whole purpose. My whole purpose of coming here on earth is to seek and to save the lost. So what does it mean to be lost? What does it mean to be spiritually lost? You know, it's the reason why I encourage you to bring somebody to church on Easter. Because to be lost means to be disconnected from God. And so many people are there minding their own business, but they weren't sent down here to mind their own business. We were sent here to do God's will. And so everyone is lost until what? You are found by Christ. And so to be lost means to what? Be disconnected from God. To be lost also means that you are deceived by the Satan. Satan is the tempter. He's the deceiver of the brethren. And oftentimes as human beings by ourselves, we don't see things correctly. They say there's a way that seems right for a person, but the end is destruction. How many of you perhaps in your life, you thought this is the right path to take only to realize that, boy, what a mistake in hindsight. Uh, to be lost means that we have been deceived by the enemy, the liar, the deceiver. And oftentimes, you, 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 we, we put so much energy and passion and zeal and desire and, and commitment around a lost cause. And God says, I came to seek the lost. That when we get into that space, when Jesus told us, lead us away from temptation. When we're being tempted by the enemy to take a wrong move in life, yes, I've come. To open your eyes to realize that, hey, it may sound cool, but not me. Amen. Fool me once, Satan. Fool you twice. You brought me down through this path. I am following that anymore lostness also means the word disconnected from God deceived by Satan it also means what detoured from God's plan for your life God has a purpose this way and oftentimes guess what we want to go the other way I mean we think we're smarter than God it's like no that, that, that's too long even when we know it's the right thing to do, guess what? Oftentimes we want to what? go around and about and really cause unnecessary harm and hurt, not only to us, but to entire generation. And he says, I've come to seek those who have what? Detoured, taken an opposite path in their life outside of the path that I have for them. The Bible says, all I've sinned come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, all of us are like sheep who have gone astray and we've turned uh, everyone to his own way. He says, I've come to seek and to what save the lost. To bring us back to our path where there is joy, there is peace, there is satisfaction, there is fulfillment. <laughs> Glory to Almighty God. I've come to seek and to save that's lost. This also means that oftentimes we are defeated by our own choices, defeated by our own impulses, our own habits, our own sin, and we can shake it off. We are a prison to our own choices many times. 
Oftentimes you hear people say, well, I can't stop doing these things. We want to, but we can't stop. We are trapped by a lifestyle, a habit, a behavior that is destructive. We know we are going down a dead-end lane. We know we're going down a road that's saying, do not enter. And still yet, we're going. We can, we can. And Jesus came to empower us like the prodigal who sat down and said, I'm a fool living like this. I'm going to get up and go to my father and say, I am sorry. Your house is where I belong. That we are now empowered to shake loose of actions, activities, behaviors, choices that are destructive to our life to move to a right way. I have come to save to seek and to save that which is lost. We lose our way. We lose our freedom. We lose our dignity. We lose our confidence. We lose our potential. We lose our joy, our peace, our purpose. We lose our fulfillment in life. And Jesus said, hey, here's the good news. The son of man, Jesus' favorite name. He says, I have come to do what? To seek and to save the lost. And so on this Palm Sunday, the mission of Christ is what? Is on the what? Search and rescue mission. Look at how the Bible puts this. God puts this in an amazing portion of Scripture in Colossians 1, verse 13 to 14. I love this portion of Scripture. Chock full of descriptions to be able to pierce our hearts and our minds, glue us onto this mission of God. Read that with me. Say what? For God has what? Rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who did what? Purchased our freedom with his blood and forgave our sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the search and rescue mission. He has come to rescue us from the kingdom of darkness. The boot of the devil that is on your neck. He has come to lift that boot off. Glory to almighty God. He has come. While we are heading towards doom and domination and hurt and failure, he says, I've come to transfer you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of Jesus. Glory to God. Your destination has been changed. You have now made a 180 degrees. You are headed towards a wrong road. But now, as a child of God, since you've received Jesus, his search and rescue mission has found you. Now, oh my Lord, you are on a highway, highway, oh God. Oh God. And so, it's, not that, it's not because you are smart or you are talented or gifted. Or you work hard or you have a lot of money in your bank account. He says, I did it all by myself. I purchased, I purchased your freedom with my blood. Your freedom has been purchased. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. They are not glory to God. And your sins have been forgiven. Your past has been wiped off. You are not heading towards the wrong path. Where your ancestors led to a ditch, you are on a different trajectory, a different path, a different road. Glory to Almighty God. Your past has been erased. You are not where you come from. You are not where you were. Oh God, he hit the race start. God has cleaned you up, turned you around. Mine, oh mine, oh mine, oh mine. That is the search and rescue mission that Jesus came. Oh, my Lord. Is somebody receiving this message? When we say Hosanna in the highest, somebody wave your cross right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. 
because he has found me. Has he found you? Thank Jesus right now. Glory to God. What I want to do this week, this weekend, is look at three people. I want to give you a physical life illustration. I want us to have a testimony of how Jesus came to rescue and to save the lost. And what he did for others, he would do it for you. You know, when Jesus came, he said, how did he come and seek and save the lost? He did it in two ways. He did it in two ways. Teaching and healing. Teaching and healing. Amen. Matthew 9.35, read that with me. It says, Jesus went through what all the towns and villages, doing what? Teaching the good news of the kingdom and doing what? Healing every disease and sickness. Two missions of Jesus. Two ways he came to seek and to save. The word of God that opens your eyes. The word of God that pierces the fog. The lie of the enemy. Traditions that are destructive. World systems. World viewpoints. That are wrong. That are, we know it's wrong, but we can't stop it because everybody is doing it. And so therefore we want to fit in. And so we just want to do these things. He says, I came to teach you. You know the truth. And you say, let them have it. Let them do it all they want to. I've been there. I've done that. I ain't going back there anymore. Amen. The word of God that sets you free. Oh, glory to Almighty God. And he also does that through the power of healing. Through the power of healing. He tells you that Jesus cares for every part of your body. He cares for your mind. So he teaches us so that his word will liberate us. That we, by our own choices, will now make, not wrong choices, but what? Right choices. Even though it's not popular, even though we may not like it, but what? It becomes mind over matter. Mind over feeling. Amen. The word of God trumps what I think. <laughs> Amen. What I feel. He came to teach. He came to heal also. He cares about your body. Every part of your body. Your soul, your mind, and your body. The first thing that Jesus came to do on this search and rescue mission is this. Jesus came to what? Restore those who have what? lost their health. Say that with me. He came to what? Restore those who have lost their health. He came on a restoration business. <laughs> and there's one man in particular that we're going to look at this weekend. He's a leper who had been healed. And I want you to see the lesson that we're going to learn. And then we'll talk about the application. But let's go ahead and look at it in the word of God. Look at this. Mark 1. Verse 40 to 42. Mark 1, 40 to 42. Read that with me. It says what? A man with what? Leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cured. Let's watch this brief video. Watch this brief video. With a growing number of disciples, Jesus moves from town to town, teaching about God's kingdom and working miracles.
You know, in the ancient world, leprosy was a terminal disease. And it did two things. First, it killed your soul, and then it killed your body. Leprosy killed your soul because leprosy itself carried a stigma of inward failure. You see, people believe that anyone who had this infectious disease was under the judgment of God. And that they had done something terrible in their life and God was punishing them. And so when you had leprosy, it was really something that, was, that, that affected your soul. That you, you've done something. This is a spiritual problem that you've got. So, so the evidence of leprosy on the outside, people looked at that. It's like, man, you, you, you're a terrible person. You, you've got some hidden sins in your closet. You've done something really horrible for you to be cursed with this leprosy. And so anyone who had leprosy was deemed unclean. They were cast from society. They couldn't come into public places. The Bible tells us that the person with leprosy had to wear torn clothes. They had to mess up their head. They had to cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean, so that people around will know that, hey, there's a leper around. If you're not, well, you have broken the law, and you're really going to be punished and beaten up. And so they had to make a public display of themselves, a public humiliation of themselves. Of course, also, there's the headache, the heartache on the inside. Imagine all society thinking that you've done something terrible. After a while, you won't feel like you're a terrible person, and you second-guess yourself. But what have I done? I'm a horrible person. All kinds of questions going on. You can imagine. You can imagine. Now, lepers were not touched by anybody. If you were to touch a leper, the law said that you yourself also became unclean. Now, we can understand a little bit of that because for two years, we went into a quarantine situation that if you caught coronavirus, you just have to what, be separated from people. Even your own family, there were people who were locked up in a room and you just could not come out. Family members had to leave food by your door, knock the door, and everybody would leave. And if somebody were even to come, they would just call and say, I've left food by your door. Imagine that and amp that up in a society where lep there's a leper out there. Lepers could be whipped or stoned for coming into the public place because of risks that they would put everybody else at risk. It was like a living death sentence. A leper was like a walking dead person. You can think of that torment, not only it did to your soul, but it did to your mind and to your body. In fact, in the Bible, in the book of Leviticus, it says that as long as someone had leprosy, they were unclean and they were to live alone. They could not even come into the temple. They needed to live outside of the city gates. Now, the temple, the synagogue, was in the center of the city gates. So if you were to live outside of the city gates, it means you can't even go to church. You, you, can, you can't get prayed for. You can hear the prayers of God, the songs of God to encourage your heart. This was what called a living death sentence. But oh, think about it. 
when Jesus saw and heard this man, what did Jesus do? Mark 141 says, Jesus what? Filled with what? Compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus did the unthinkable. He touched an untouchable person. <laughs> When he did that, only one of two things could take place. Either Jesus would be unclean himself or the leper will be clean. One of two things will happen. And we know what happened. He said that the Bible says what? The leprosy did what? Immediately left him and he was cleaned. And that's what God does to us. He is a man where years of sickness was gone in an instant. Years of loneliness. The man who had not been touched for years. The man who had been cast away from his family. Cast away from his job. Cast away from his home. And now all of a sudden look at Jesus touching him. Filled with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand. Somebody who would never been hugged. Never been touched. And oh, the compassion of God. The wreck of a man, the ruin of a man, now can finally go home and be united to his father, his family, his wife, his kids, and back to society. Because Jesus came to seek and to save that was lost. I love this portion of scripture in James 5.15. It talks about Jesus will put you back on your feet. Hallelujah. What a description. Read that with me. Look at James 5.15. He says what? Believing prayer will heal you. And Jesus will do what? Put you on your feet. And if you have sinned, you will be forgiven. Healed. How? Inside. Out. Glory to Almighty God. Isn't that what this man experienced? Mine or oh, mine or oh, mine or oh, mine or oh, mine. I am willing to be clean. He's clean on the inside, clean on the outside. Oh, the hug of God. He's been put back on his feet. Jesus will put you back on your feet. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Hosanna in the highest on this day. He is in the business of putting people back on their feet. He says, I came in to restore those who have lost their health. And he's still doing that. That which he did for the leper, he's doing that. Or maybe you've fallen. Maybe you feel like you're cast out. Maybe folk don't want to talk to you. But they talk about you when you're not around. It's not over. Jesus is in the business of putting him. Oh my Lord. People back on their feet. And he will restore you again and again and again. Oh here's the second thing that Jesus came to do. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Secondly what Jesus came to what? Liberate those who have what? Lost their feelings freedom he came to liberate us he came to liberate those who have lost their freedom you see it was customary believers in jesus time that anytime he was traveling he would be in a synagogue on the sabbath and as a visiting rabbi they would often ask him to give a message to those in a synagogue and one time 
While Jesus was young, in the book of Luke, we see Jesus in the synagogue being asked to address those who were there, and he asked for the scroll. He turns to Isaiah 61 and read a prophecy. That's what we prayed earlier. Let's look at that again. Luke 4, verse 18 19. Jesus said, What? The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has what? Anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's what? Favor. And Jesus is saying, I'm your liberator. I'm the one that Isaiah prophesied years ago. Now there is something very interesting here in the latter part of that verse. And let's note this. He says what? He has sent me to proclaim what? Freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed. To do what? Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Say that part again. The year of the Lord's favor. One more time. The year of the Lord's favor. Now, the prophet Isaiah was referencing a celebration called the year of Jubilee. Say that with me. A year of what? Jubilee. And this was every 50 years. What happened is that all the debts, all your debts were forgiven. If you lived and somebody borrowed you money, they borrowed you goats, they, you, you owe them land, you owe them something. For on the 50th year, debts what? Forgiven. Right? That was the Jewish national law. On the 50th year, slaves were set free. Right? On the 50th year, all your possessions that were seized because you couldn't pay a debt. You owed somebody and you used that as a down payment, a security for something. Every possession that you had that was what taken from you on the 50th year, the year of Jubilee, they were what? Returned. So the year of, uh, when it says, I've come to proclaim the, the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year of freedom. This is a time of liberation. And when prophet Isaiah prophesied this many, many, many years ago, he's saying someone is going to come, the Messiah, the liberator, and he will what? Set you free. And Jesus said, hey, I'm the one. <laughs> and the year of the Lord's favor is here. When Jesus came, the work he did on the cross and his resurrection was to set you and I free. He says, when the sun sets you free, you are what? Free indeed. You don't have to wait for 50 years. Don't have to wait for 25 years. Don't have to wait for 10 years. You say, Pastor Mike, so and so, it took them 10 years. It took them a whole generation. It took them three generations to be able to accomplish this. I'm not even anywhere close to that. How am I going to get there? It doesn't matter. This is the year of the Lord's favor. Glory to God. He came to seek and to save that was lost. It also means that he came to be our liberator. To liberate those who have lost their freedom. We have a beautiful illustration of this in the book of Luke. Here's a guy who had been paralyzed for 38 years. Couldn't walk. Jesus is going around. We heard what Jesus did. There were two things that Jesus did. Every time he went to, he did what? He Teaching and what? Healing. One more time. What? Teaching and what? Healing. So they say he's in town. He was in other towns. Then he teaches and he heals. <laughs> so, Jack, you've been sick for 38 years. We don't want you, we don't want you to die. We, we love you so much. But the crowd is what? It's heavy. So here's what we're going to do. 
You see, back in the Middle East time, because it was very hot, guess what? They used what? Leaves and branches to be able to what? Roof their house so that what? It will bring in, it was what? A natural air conditioner. You know what I'm talking about, right? Natural air conditioner. <laughs> so Jesus was in the room. He was parked. This guy is sick. He can't walk. He can't get there. His friend says, let's go ahead and let's move these twigs and branches and so forth. And let's lower him down. Let me read that. And then we're going to watch it. Amen. Watch this. of the kingdom of God. It is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field. The smallest seed in the world. Yet, when planted, it grows up. Comes a tree where birds can come. He's paralyzed. And make their nest. I've forgiven myself. Did you hear that? He has forgiven his sins. I thought only God could do. He must be He knows. It is blessed. Is that your wish, my friend? Tell me which is easier. To say his sins are forgiven. Or say. Get up. And walk. Son of man has authority to forgive sin.
Let's read the account. Luke 5, 18 to 25. It says, Some men came carrying a paralytic man on the mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When, Je when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Jesus then said to the paralyzed man, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of everyone, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. <laughs> now, the latter part of that verse in the book of Luke, he said, your sins are forgiven. Get up and walk so that they may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Then he looked at the paralyzed man and said, Get up, take up your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood in front of everyone. Glory to Almighty God. He stood up in front of everyone, took what he'd been lying on, and what went home praising God. He is your liberator. He is your liberator. That if, we, if we've lost our freedom, he's come to, oh my Lord, restore freedom. He liberated him and says, your sins have been forgiven. He says, I've already taken care, care of the hard part. The sin that blocked him. Whatever spiritual that was holding him back has already gone. <laughs> Amen. What your eyes cannot see. <laughs> Glory to God. I put the axe to the root already. Everything has been made new on the inside. Now on the outside. He says, watch this, watch this, watch this. Amen. What he had not been able to do for 38 years, he says he's about to do it right now. He says, my man, you get up now. Let me give you a little bit of hand now. That is what Jesus came to do. He came to seek and to save. He came to liberate us where our freedom had been locked up. Where problems, hardships, difficulties, roadblock were standing in our way. He came to hurl it far away from us. If you receive that, say amen. If somebody has received the liberation power of Jesus, if the Son shall set you free, will be free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord said there is liberty. Glory to Almighty God. There are times in your life and my life where we recognize that had it not been God, I wouldn't have climbed out of this. What happened, it's not my doing. The odds were stacked up against me. I was in the middle of a rock and a hard place. Couldn't pull myself up. It only happened because Jesus took care. He took care, glory to God, of what no one could. He already done the spiritual work. It was he who spoke to hearts and minds. It was he who convinced these people, oh my Lord, to show me favor where otherwise it would not have been. He's your liberator. And oh, my brother, my sister, so often, 
We try to hold on to things that are limiting us. <laughs> like the Pharisees. Who told you? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive. Who born you? Where is this coming from? Bunch of naysayers. And sometimes we even talk ourselves out of it. And God says, you hold on to grace. Hold on to grace. What I came to do for you, there is no explanation. There is no foundation. There is no beginning. Nobody you know has walked down this road. I'm doing it just for you because I love you. And so you hold on to grace. You hold on to your freedom. There is no explanation. No, ex no human explanation. God did it because he came to seek and to save. Oh my Lord. And so he tells you and I, don't hold on to your guilt. You see, the man who was sick for 38 years could say, well, what, 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 what? I know they brought me here to heal me, but I've never walked before. How am I going to do it? He could have come. You see these people out there who are, who, maybe they'll hurt me. Oh. So I, I, I better just lay where I am. I better not try. I better not walk through this door. Uh, so I, 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 I want to get healed, but I'm afraid. My brother, my sister, God come to say, I'm your liberator. Hold on. Let go of the guilt. Let go of the shame. Let go of the frustration. Let go of the past pain. And hold on to freedom. Hold on to freedom. They, 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 this is the day of the Lord's favor. Your favor is knocking on your door. Oh, is somebody receiving this message? You say, Pastor Mike, it has never happened. 25 years, 30 years. Look at my financial situation. Look at my home situation. Look at my family situation. You don't know where I came from. You don't know my parents. You don't know the hardship. It doesn't matter about your past. Doesn't matter what you've been through. Right now, right now, he has come to liberate you. Get up, get up. Leave that mat behind. Leave that mat behind. Glory to Almighty God. I'm not preaching to myself today. Let go of the mat. Let go of the guilt. Let go of the shame. Let go of the mistakes. Everybody has done mistakes. We all have skeletons in our closet. But this is the day of the Lord's favor. And says, I've come to liberate you. My brother, my sister, the past frustration, pain, and hurt, and sin, and guilt, it will decapitate your progress. It will hold you back. There's a door that God has opened to you. Rise up and walk through those doors. Yes, it hasn't happened before. Yes, you may be afraid. You don't know how it's going to turn out. But he's holding your hand. He's not letting you do this by yourself. Is anybody seeing this and hearing this? If Jesus is holding your hand, who are you afraid of? If God is for us, who can be against us? Oh, God. Look at what the Bible tells us. I love this portion of scripture in Romans 6. 6. Read it with all your heart and mind. And this week, reflect on that. Share this with somebody. The more you share with somebody, the more it sits in you. Read that with me. Our old way of life was what? Nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sad, miserable life. We are no longer at sins. Every beck and call. A decisive end 
to their miserable life, the life of sorrow and pain and hurt. It is gone bye-bye because Jesus, your liberator, has come and said, this is the day, oh my Lord, of your favor. The favor of the Lord has come upon you. And end, amen, to that miserable life. Tossing and turning at night. Allowing the enemy to show all these films of people who hated on you and lied on you and cheated on you and brought you down and all the mistakes you've made, all the problems you've done, how hard you are working and not getting anywhere. Knock it off. Knock it off. Knock it off. Glory to God. He says, I have come. This is the year of the Lord's Jubilee. You don't have to, oh my Lord, it may have taken you so long to be down, but this is your time to get up. A thousand years, the Bible says about one day in the sight of Almighty God. Is somebody receiving this message today? On this Palm Sunday at the beginning of Holy Week, begin to realize that Jesus has purchased your freedom. And he's your liberator. Look what the Bible tells us, Galatians 5.1. He says what? Christ has freed us so that we may what? We may what? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So many of the summer of you are afraid to enjoy life. You are afraid to enjoy the benefits that God has given you. You are afraid to enjoy the freedom. You are afraid to enjoy where you are. Yes, you have had a season of pain. But if the Lord has brought you up and put you on solid ground, glory can look around you and say, thank you, Jesus. Shout hallelujah. Let, walk with your head and high. Live in your forgiven state. Live when under the glory of God. Oh, my Lord. You must enjoy the benefits of freedom. Enjoy it. Glory to all. May God enjoy it. This is the day the Lord has made, and He's brought you from a mighty long way. And the good news is, it ain't over, there's more yet to come. So He says, What be firm in your heart? You got to talk yourself out of sorrow, talk yourself out of negativity, talk yourself out of doubt talk yourself out of it tell yourself why am i thinking like this why am i even entertaining these thoughts why am i laying here thinking about all the bad things that has happened to me hasn't god been good to me hasn't he blessed me hasn't he saved me hasn't he forgiven my sins hasn't he brought me from a mighty long way where would i be from god be firm in your freedom hello don't let the enemy steal it away from you you saw the people who are out there trying to trying to talk this guy trying to mess up his celebration don't let anybody steal your joy oh, don't don't glory they didn't give it to you don't let them take it away from you glory to almighty god and don't become slaves again because he set you free he has what you are not the same person you were Somebody tell somebody, you're not the same person you were. You are not the same person you were. He came to liberate you and I to grant us freedom. So Jesus lost to restore us when we lost, lose our health. Like he did to a man, the leper. He came to seek and to save that was lost. He stopped preaching and said, let me take care of this fellow right here. He's focused on you right now. He's done it before. He's done it for others. He did it. Amen. Everything Jesus did was a, what, a sermon in action. He says, I'm going to preach, but I'm also going to show you how it works. 
He loves to liberate us when we've lost our freedom, when we feel paralyzed. Paralyzed financially, paralyzed, oh, physically. You say, Pastor Mike, what's happening in my body or in my finances? I can't pay my bills. How am I going to get there? Guess what? You're going to get there because Jesus will make a way. How am I going to get there spiritually? All these haters, all these problems, spiritual warfare that I'm going through. It says the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins. <laughs> How am I going to get there emotionally? My relationships, so many backbiters. Don't worry about your enemies. So focus on God, your liberator. Focus on God, your liberator. You say, Pastor Mike, I've done. I, I, I'm trying and it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. You don't have to do it yourself. God, God, God is here. He's here. Amen. He's here to restore. He's here to liberate. He's here to forgive. Restoration, liberation, forgiveness. Restoration, liberation, forgiveness. Palm Sunday message. Restoration, liberation, forgiveness. Glory to God. He's come to give you a brand new life. Oh, God. And whatever you are, why don't you claim this Jesus? Just like the leper. Just like the guy who had been sick for 30 years, let down roof. Just say, God, I'm here. Restore me. Change me. Oh, in this holy week. Amen. I've heard you. I've seen you. I've seen you. <laughs> Have you seen Jesus today? And say, I want what you want for my life. Tell him that before we leave here in a few minutes. Father God, give every one of us gathered here. What do you want to do for us, Lord God? You came to seek and to save. Oh, my Lord, the lost. And so bring about a restoration for every sickness, financial illness, emotional, relational. Oh, my God, bring about restoration right now in the name of Jesus. Liberation, oh God, my Lord. Set, 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 set your people free. Set your people free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Break loose every barrier. Every, every problem, every wall, spiritual, emotional, relational, whatever wall there is, tear it down in the name of Jesus. Oh, God Almighty. And Father, restore dignity. My Lord, God Almighty, put new garments on your people right now, God, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Let there be celebration. Let there be dancing. Let there be joy. Let there be rejoicing, like God, my Lord. Oh, my Jesus. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. As we get ready to leave here, uh, oh, here, Lord God, Mary, send us out, send us out with new joy, new peace, new zeal, new favor, new blessing, new fruit. God Almighty, open doors right now for each and every one of us as we come before you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I thank you. You are my restorer, my liberator, and my forgiver. And so that which you did for these i receive it do it for me restore my life to a brand new life today liberation power set me free to live in the freedom that you have purchased for me by your blood and oh god everything that has been lost stolen or destroyed in my life restore my dignity my personality brand new life that only you can give me i receive it with thanksgiving in jesus name amen oh my brother my sister wherever you are if you've never received christ as your savior don't wait don't wait don't wait why don't leave this service 
without receiving Christ as your Savior. What we've talked about only belong to, to children of God. As many as believed in Him and received Him, the Bible says He gave them the power to become children of God. Pray this oh, 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 simple prayer with me. Jesus, I thank you for your blood that you shed for my forgiveness, my freedom, and my liberty. On this Palm Sunday, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Treat me the way you did to the lame man, to the one who was caught in sin, and, oh Lord, to the leper. Give me a brand new life. I receive it. And send your spirit to live in my heart. Help me to love you, to trust you. And on the day my time here on earth is over, please, in heaven where you are, come and take me to be with you forever. In Jesus' name. Amen.